You're listening to the IMT Show with Mike Sims. Now here is your host. I didn't think I had the, the answers. I had a theory that maybe could lead someone to the answers. And that, that's that's all you can ever hope for. You know, if you if you think that you you ultimately have the answer to everything, then you have nothing else to learn. And I certainly didn't believe that. Um, I just had a theory. But I felt maybe that uh, I needed to write a book about it. It seemed to be an interested subject of a lot of people, especially we're coming to the classes. And um, I mentioned it to my then uh, father-in-law and his response, he didn't have a lot of respect for me. He was, um, especially my theories about things. He was one of the people that were opposed to my beliefs. And his uh, response was, who would buy a book from you? You know, and I obviously responded, well, obviously not you. <laughs> so um, weeks later, I didn't have a computer. I didn't have anything really to, the tools to really put it together that I needed. And I, uh, I was over his, uh, his house having supper and he sarcastically uh, asked me, you know, how's your book come along? <laughs> you know, and I said, you know, if somebody were to sponsor me and buy me a computer to where I could write this book, I would let them have all the royalties to it. I don't care. Just, I think it's just an important theory that that needs to be out there. And I, I don't care if I made any money off of it at all. Just, you know, they, they could have all the, the royalties. His response was, well, let's talk about this. So what you're saying is, is that if I bought you a computer, pay for the publishing, I could have all the royalties. And I was astonished that he actually was proposing this business venture with me. And I looked at him and I said, you would just be wasting your money because nobody's going to buy a book from me, right? So that's the kind of thing that early on that I that discouraged me. Um, I had a lot of life events that in that marriage and in that that time in my life that it seemed like that whole decade was just a blur that it just, I, I don't know what happened. I don't know where my life was at that time. It was, um, it was very hard, but um, I, uh, I didn't even, I didn't even write a lot, you know, was even writing my short stories at, during that time. I was too preoccupied with taking care of, uh, the person I was with and, and trying to survive. So, and it was also a very difficult time financially and job wise, cause I, I didn't have the education. I didn't, um, I didn't go to college. So I didn't have, um, uh, I missed out on some tremendous opportunities. There was a, um, like I told, I mentioned before I had, uh, worked in, 
as a summer job in my eighth grade year, putting $10,000 computers together, uh, copying the software operating system for each one of them and putting the manuals together and then shipping them to the clients, actually. Uh, heck of a summer job. And then ordering supplies and taking out the trash and other menial things, but a lot of technical things. And I learned a lot. I even learned basic programming. So I... Um, I felt like when I was in high school, when I went to Laga Vista, Laga Vista was, was very preparatory for, for college. It seemed like everybody was going to college. Um, when I got to New Caney, it was not so much. It, um, it was, uh, it, there wasn't a lot of encouragement about college there. And I was kind of, um, you know, a, a know-it-all punk at that age anyway felt like i you know i was i was trying to uh sell um multi-level marketing stuff and neo life and and uh, whatever else you know trying to be an entrepreneur so i just i just knew i was going to be successful when i came out um life has a way of educating you the other way but uh, i got uh I did have a, a taste of success when I was 16 uh, with my multi-level marketing, which uh, kind of ruined me, I guess, for college because I felt like I could duplicate that almost success again. But uh, when I moved back to Austin and, uh, and married my, uh, my first wife, I went on job interviews and job interviews, trying to get some kind of computerized job. And I submitted to a small software company. They wanted a tech support guy. I actually got the, got the interview and they interviewed me and one other guy. The executive vice president of that software lab was one of the partner owners of the company that I worked for when I was in eighth grade and he recognized my, my name. We had a good interview. They laid out the benefits and they laid out the wage. And I was, uh, I tried to act like it was expected and normal, but it was much more money than I ever dreamed I could make at the time. Um, you know, I mean, I was used to making 285 an hour as a security guard. So this was quite a bit of money that they were talking about. And it would be the number two tech support guy in this company. It was a, a mom and pop software company that was being um, possibly being uh, merged to a larger company. But it was specialized software. The uh, the VP told me that, apologized to me and said that he really wanted to hire me because he he remembered me that in that summer job and how gifted I was in computers. But he couldn't justify giving me the job over a college student. If I'd had a college degree, he would have given me the job, no problem. 
And so not having that, that education cost me that opportunity. And I was at the right age, I would have had a degree by then. That little company ended up uh, becoming part of what later became NoFail. The stock options and being the number two tech support guy in that company that merged with them would have been a tremendous opportunity in life and would have made me financially and otherwise. So it says a lot about preparedness meets opportunity, that if you're not prepared when the opportunities come and they do come, you, you're going to miss them. You got to be ready. You got to have your ducks in order. And that's true with book publishing and everything else. You have to know as much as you can and know what you're doing to get um, to be ready when the opportunity happens. And I'm, I hope that I'm ready. I, I keep learning. I keep discovering new things and new ideas about things to what to do and how to do things differently. But, um, and networking with people to get ideas from them and having a team. So we'll see where the, the journey gets us. And that's what this, this podcast is going to do is it's going to, I'm going to take you on that journey. Uh, and we're going to, we'll talk about things that have happened in my life in more detail and what uh, what it all means and what it might mean to you and we'll uh, we'll venture and see what your comments are and and uh, we'll do more interviews and see what happens after um, after my divorce and I moved back to Houston I uh, I ended up um, looking for work <clears throat> and uh, I had um, a limited amount of money from selling my computer. The, um, I knew, uh, I knew I needed to get a, a proper resume made. So we tried to find a, a good job somewhere. And so I went to a resume service and while I was waiting for my appointment, <laughs> I visited this uh, cigar shop. And uh, the cigar shop owner was asking me, doing a small talk, very friendly guy. I said, well, I'm trying to find a computer job and and I've got an appointment with a resume guy upstairs. And and uh, he said, oh yeah, he's, he's very good and everything. I says, uh, you know, if you, uh, you, if you want a computer job, you ought to talk to these, um, these guys with this company called Dynasty. It's a software company and they, they come and buy uh, cigars from me all the time. And I was like, uh, you know, I'm half that, you know, thinking about it, you know, and saying, well, thank you, you know, and, you know, yada, yada, yada. So I get my resume done and I spend uh, my money on getting a bunch of resumes made and I mail them out, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them all over Houston and not a response. 
not one. So I had, um, I had one left. So I looked up Dynasty in the phone book and got the address and uh, hand wrote a cover letter saying that this guy at the cigar shop recommended your company to me. And so here's my resume. And uh, I got a call from him. And uh, they, the executive vice president was interviewing me and on the phone and he was interviewing me for a tech support position, but uh, the questions he was, technology he was telling me about was all software program related. And I was not a programmer. Uh, you know, I worked on hardware and installing things and, and mostly in theoretical because I was in tech support. So it's not really hands-on. And he, um, he realized real quick, he says, you know, you, you really don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to object-oriented code generation to you. And I was like, no, sir, I'm sorry. And uh, he said, well, you know, we could use an IT person to take care of the hardware and the stuff around you. That seems to be more your, what you're, you're in line with. Well, how about you come in and do a physical interview? And so I did, and I got the job. I was there for, for nine years through ups and downs. And, uh, and it, was, uh, it was an interesting journey in itself. I uh, got thrown in the deep end of the ocean and, and I had to learn to swim. Because basically they, they walked me into a server room that had uh, Macs, OS2s, Tandems, Novell servers, SGI boxes, uh, all different flavors of Unix machines. Uh, they had just about everything except for Linux because they didn't like Linux because it was open source and their software was multi-million dollar software. And, um, and I said, support it. <laughs> so, okay. I had once installed a Noel server. I was fairly familiar with Windows, but I learned it and I learned it well. And I did take care of that company and for nine years. And I realized that if you apply yourself, you could do just about any job. If you're given six months to learn it, you could do almost anything if you apply yourself. And I did. So I, I learned a great deal and I was much more capable of handling things in later jobs. Hey, Mike Sims, this is Connor Trenier, also known as Commander Charles Trip Tucker III on Star Trek Enterprise, as well as Michael Kenmore from Stargate Atlantis. Listen, um, I really want to congratulate you on your number one best-selling book, Southern Cross, man. I can't believe that. That's, I always admire writers so much, and um, it's a, it can be a lonely profession, but you seem to be doing all right. And also, I'm looking forward to seeing Vicki, the series of books you've written on the screen soon. I just want to just throw it out there. 
I don't know you, but I'm awfully proud of you, and I feel I could do know you a little bit now. Anyway, congrats, Mike. Congrats. Numero uno. Bestseller. Good on you. Take care, man. Bye. Thank you for listening to the IMT show with Mike Sims. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The IMT show is an opinion show and not to be taken as serious personal, legal, tax or financial advice. It is meant as entertainment only. IMT show, Maseroff for Mike Sims is not responsible for ad content. For more information on show schedules and content visit www.maseroff.net slash IMT.